Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one remunerative page of Talmud each day. And today's page, Bavakama89, helped sort out a bunch of questions I've been entertaining for a very long time. Questions about money. I'm not what you would call a numbers whiz. Give me a page of Gemara and I could tell you right away precisely what Abaya meant or Rava said and what the Sugia is all about. Give me a simple check at a restaurant and if no one's watching, I'm probably whipping out my phone and calculating how much exactly is that 20% tip. So these last few years, really these last few decades, I've been watching with some amazement and much confusion as the financial markets invented ever more convoluted products. Consider, for example, the subprime mortgage crisis that did more than a bit of damage to the global economy in 2007. At the heart of that debacle were mortgage-backed securities, because mortgage rates were, at that point, the lowest they've been in nearly half a century. A lot of people felt moved to buy new homes. Makes perfect sense. So seeing so many people buy new homes, Wall Street decided to take these home loans, purchase them from whatever bank issued them, just like you would do with a bond, package them together into an attractive product, and sell them to investors, including hedge funds and pension funds and others. None of this was new. The idea of asset-backed securities have been with us for a very long time. But with so much activity going on, people started making money even on really risky behavior. And mortgage lenders got the memo that the market was hot, which is why many soon dropped basic requirements like down payments or proof of income from home buyers. Here, buddy, just sign on the dotted line and this mansion could be yours. This is how you get a bubble. And we all know what eventually happens to those. The rabbis of the Talmud knew too. In today's page, they're discussing whether or not a woman is allowed to sell the financial advantage guaranteed to her in her ketubah, or marriage contract. Have a listen. Rather, the reason she is not required to sell the financial advantage of her marriage contract to pay the one she injured is that the financial advantage of her marriage contract is mere words, i.e. not a specific possession, but a legal entity that simply creates the possibility to collect its value at a later date. And mere words are not mortgaged for the payment of debts. In this case, her debt to the injured party. The Gemara questions this assertion. Why not? Why is financial advantage not mortgaged? They are words that are sold for dinars, since the financial advantage of her marriage contract has a market value. It is mortgaged to pay the debt to the injured party. They are words that are sold for dinars. The rabbis, in other words, understand that markets are complex things. They're not merely perfectly earthly and simple, streamlined and transactional. Here, take this goat and pay me what it's worth and we're done. Instead, they're human creations involving us, people. And as such, they recognize that there's value in human aspirations, in human hopes, in human promises, in short, in words. Take that away and you take away our ability to do business and build bright new imaginative futures. But there's a depth and a seriousness to this sentence as well. If you believe that words may be sold for dinars, truly, it follows you should also believe that words have great inherent value. 
that they're not something you may turn into an abstraction or ignore whenever it's inconvenient or simply offer stupidly and emptily and thoughtlessly, knowing full well you can't keep your promises. Words, the rabbis teach us today, are precious, precious things. And you should be just as mindful when you offer them to someone as you would have been when giving them, say, a silver coin or two. Let's hope we all remember this. Not only next time we seek to build complex new financial products that run the risk of turning into bubbles that crush the entire world economy, but also, more importantly, the next time we give our word to a child, a friend, or someone we love. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirt and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.